0: Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here for another Tuesday edition of Oilers Live. Got as my guest tonight, uh, Dash from the Straight Off the Pipe podcast. We're going to be doing a little season in review, starting from uh, when the Stanley Cup was awarded to Tampa Bay July 7th of this year. So we're going to kind of look back and and see uh, what happened with the Oilers, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that fun stuff. I want to start by saying tonight's episode is brought to you with the help of Bet99. Use heavy hockey in that registration code, and you're going to get a $600 matching bonus. So that's better than if you go to Bet99 on your own. We'll get you $600 on the matching. And while you're at it, make sure you go and visit heavyhockey.com. A couple of good articles out there. Spencer Pomodi just put one out about the Oilers prospects and the World Juniors uh, going on right now. And if you aren't on YouTube, you go to youtube.com or youtube.ca slash hockey. And I want you to smash like on this video and then hit the subscribe button. We need all the subscribers we can get and uh, would love to see you on there. Uh, commenting, giving us some feedback, good or bad, although I don't always love the bad. Sometimes, man, these these Twitter guys can be awful nasty on occasion, but uh, it's all in good fun. All right, so we are going to do uh, the Oilers season so far in review, at least uh, from the start of uh, when the Stanley Cup was awarded. Lots has happened. And uh, we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, first, I want to say hi, Dash. Welcome.
1: Hi, my handsome Halagonian hunk. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. Love the shirt. Princeton hockey. I didn't see that until now. Sweet. Sweet. Gift from the in-laws for Christmas. Nice. Thank I was just much. about to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm wearing a nice little uh, Adidas uh, jacket uh, gift as well. So that's good. Uh Christmas was good. Merry Christmas to everybody and um, closing in on the new year. This is the last episode of uh, 2021 for Heavy Hockey or and the Oilers Live uh, podcast. And uh, we're going to start 2022 shortly. So let's uh, start with the season in review so far. So currently the Oilers are sitting in the last wildcard spot. With 36 points, 29 games, and a game in hand on both uh, the Jets and the Kings, and a few points ahead. So, they're firmly in that last wildcard spot, uh, and doing alright. Uh, if you go by points percentage, uh, they're right in the mix, so that's that's not too bad. They did, of course, uh, just come off of winning two before the COVID shutdown. Uh, but prior to that was uh, six straight losses in a row was a dark and dire time for uh the Oilers apocalyptic crew and uh, a lot of people were jumping off the boat in fact uh a Jersey even came on the ice which um is a little bit sort of old news now yeah. uh belonged to a guy from <laughs> Hamilton that's that's exactly my thought who knows who it was anyway you know what uh, that's that's where we're at uh we uh so this Kind of season starts, I think, as soon as the Stanley Cup's awarded, so July 7th. And uh, when we look back at the Oilers so far, and you go um, back to uh, – it wasn't long. It was five days after uh, the Stanley Cup was awarded that probably the biggest move or one of the biggest moves for this Oilers franchise uh, was made, which was the Edmonton Oilers acquired Duncan Keith and Tim Soderlund, more or less a no-name players uh, sitting – Playing in the, uh, well, actually he's been uh, called up to Bakersfield. He's played a few games there for none other than Caleb Jones, who I think the Chicago Blackhawks acquired really because they were into having the Jones brothers uh, on the team and uh, Duncan Keith. From all accounts, accounts, Duncan Keith was asking for a trade. Now, uh, we'll get into that and we'll talk about what all that means. Uh, Oilers also, uh, for future considerations, a.k.a. nothing, traded away Dylan Wells, uh, who is no more than really a backup goalie in the AHL. Really not doing much um, and I think is spending time backing up in the AHL for Carolina. Uh, and, then, uh, and then the expansion draft happened, of course, and the Oilers lost Adam Larson. So we're just going to do a little bit of the season review. Expansion draft uh, shortly after uh, was uh, some signings and then uh, the um, draft. Uh, Oilers, of course, were just a day prior uh, to the expansion or the um, entry draft. Uh, agreed on terms to a two-year, four point four million dollar uh, salary with none other than Mike Smith. Now hmm. going into the draft, uh, and again, we're going to talk about um, you know what this all means. But the Oilers uh, had uh, a first first round pick, and they had no second round pick. They picked twenty second. They picked ninetieth. On the first round pick, they picked Xavier Burgot, who's uh, currently, I think he was out tonight um, in the Canadian game, but he's a decent prospect leading the queue. I've had a chance to watch him play live. Hell of a player. Uh, Really skilled. Uh, Good on and off the puck. And then uh, going down to the third round, they took Luca Munzenberger, who is the uh, German player who is also playing in the World Juniors. Scored the only goal for Germany in their first round and one uh, German player of the game. Down that, they've got uh, Jake Chason, who uh, was a fourth-round pick. And then uh, a guy that um, probably should be on the Russian team, except for the fact that they rarely take CHL players uh, on their world junior team for whatever reason. Um, but, uh, Kids under 19. yeah, is um, his name's, uh, Matt Vay Petrov and he is just lighting it up in the OHL right now. He's doing really, really good things there. And then again, in six, six, uh, down Shane Lachance and then, um, Maxim, Maximus Weiner. And, uh, so, uh, a couple of actually really good picks, uh, in that draft, uh, Xavier Bergo Munzenberger and, uh, Petrov. Uh, three good picks there. So that was um, that was what happened uh, early on. That all happened in the month of July, uh, which was uh, pretty good. In fact, July kind of ended as well with a bang. Oilers, uh, right after, not long after the entry draft, uh, they signed uh, Zach Hyman for a seven-year, $38.5 million contract. Uh, and then they signed Tyson Berry for a three-year, 13-and-a-half, went on uh, again in, in trying to, uh, of course, bring in some youth, uh, signed Cody Ceci for that, of course, is sarcasm, for a four-year, $13 million contract, and Derek Ryan uh, for a two-year, $2.5 million contract. Busy day uh, near, nearing the end of July. They uh, also sent um, Ethan Bear. sorry, you know, early on I was talking about um, the Blackhawks. Dylan Wells was traded to um, to the Hurricanes, uh, and the Blackhawks, uh, of course, was where um, we got Duncan Keith from. Uh, but then the Hurricanes and the Oilers again made another trade. This is probably a bigger one. Uh, Warren Fogle, good third liner for the Hurricanes, came over uh, in exchange for Ethan Bear, uh, which you know, of course, had a lot of controversy. Uh, Fogle then turned around to sign a uh, three-year deal along with Nurse, Perlini, Skinner, Benson, Cuckoo. Tulio signs an entry-level deal. Marodi signs a two-way contract. Sevier, Yamamoto, this is all the summer moves. Uh, And then uh, we got uh, Yamamoto signs a one-year, $1.175 million contract with the Oilers. All prior to season start, and then we join. We enter the uh, 2021-2022 NHL season. Of course, the Oilers uh, started off on a tear, uh, going their first uh, ten was it nine and one in their first ten. Uh, absolutely great with the starting game, uh, uh, beating Vancouver and then uh, beating Calgary. So that was uh, good. Uh, I, I would say they, uh, you know, in uh, October they looked really good, top of the standings, along with uh, Nashville, not Nashville, sorry, Florida and Carolina. Uh, it right into uh, the middle of November. It, it they uh, enter into a four-game road trip, which was maybe the first kink in their armor. Right, they uh, lose to Buffalo, uh, lose to Detroit, and then just eke one out against uh, St. Louis, going two and two. Uh, that was kind of the first time we saw anything resembling uh, something of um, maybe Full a timing. team that wasn't, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and in that, um, that I, was the
1: first game that Koskinen won us an uh, actual game, exactly. Yep, yeah, yeah, that blues game.
0: And then, uh, so they make it out of October or November, I think, really good. December becomes, uh, with a uh, road loss to Seattle, uh, really. Uh, is the area that... Um, in fact, that that was their second loss in a row, uh, but that was the one that kind of kicked off what would be a six-game losing streak. Oddly as it is, though, um, it was uh, the Oilers end up uh, beating uh, Seattle as part of um, their two-game, their more recent two-game winning streak. And that's where we end off. And so that's uh, kind of from when the Stanley Cup was first hoisted by Tampa until now. I'd say lots has happened. Some good, yeah. some bad. Uh, Do you to like s- roller coasters? Yeah, yeah. this is... Uh, we've got Eric Friesen uh, joining us on Facebook tonight and already he says Focal has looked good on McDavid's wing. Oh, I should point yeah, out there is one more uh, piece to this. Um, of course, the Oilers are back. Uh, back on the saddle. I've been watching a little bit of Yellowstone over the break. Uh, and the Oilers are back on the saddle. They've got um, the practice lines uh, as uh, tweeted out by Bob Stoffer. We got Fogel, McDavid, and Hyman uh, running top line. RnH Dry and Yamamoto. On the second line, Shore, Ryan, and Sevier. Third line, Benson, McLeod, and Turris. On the fourth line, Perlini sitting on the spare, and then uh, Cuckoo and Barry, Broberg and Bouchard, Samor- Samorukov and Cece uh, would nurse out on COVID protocol, I believe, and then Smith is back in, and uh, Koskinen and Skinner still are there, and then, of course, uh, big news um, just yesterday is uh, the taxi squads are back uh, in the NHL, so that's, uh, that's a lot to say in one breath. Um, And you're right, a bit of a roller coaster, uh, tons happening for this team. Uh, Let's start first. If you could think of uh, probably the best move the Oilers have done since July 7th of this year, whether it's draft, anything, what's the one thing that comes to mind first? It's like word association.
1: Zach Hyman. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I think, you know, I mean, that's the first thing that came to my mind when I thought of asking you this. Zach Hyman obviously is the biggest, uh, biggest signing the Oilers have done uh, for a little while. Well, nurse, I mean, the nurse signing, <laughs> that was pretty big too. Uh, where does that, you yeah, know, that's a good, uh, good thing. Where does that match up for you to signing nurse long term?
1: In what way do you mean, Michael?
0: Like if it you, match up? yeah, I mean, like, you know, and is this? Uh, when you think of this team, what's more important to you? Is was the nurse uh, signing more important, or or the Zach Hyman signing?
1: The nurse signing. N- nurse is uh, he's just too unique in what he does for this team, and in his uh five on five play is, is phenomenal. He plays against the the toughest competitions night in night out. He, he barely gets much power play time he plays almost every penalty kill he's our toughest player he's our meanest player he's our most offensively reliable player um, that's not taking anything away from Zach Hyman I don't think he no, do no.
0: That. And I, and I don't think it has to, but,
1: um, but you asked me and I think that's, that's just because of his, his unique intangibles and what he brings. Um, you know, not that Zach Hyman doesn't bring a bunch of unique intangibles and that he isn't, uh, important in a whole bunch of other ways, including five on five play and penalty kill and whatnot. But, um, but we have, you know, a strong wing core. Whereas, uh, I guess the reason I lean towards nurse is because from the start of the season or, well, I guess from the st- the time he signed Keith I've hated our second and third pairing so um that's why nurse became so 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 important in my opinion relatively speaking to Hyman yeah
0: yeah yeah no I I, I mean yeah if you're speaking in relation to the Hyman uh, signing for sure 100% I think nurses um is so important i i yeah 100 percent agree with you he brings something that um not many players on this team bring plus he uh solidifies that back end there's not many guys that can play as many minutes as him and look oh. like he still has enough energy to play you know three more periods of hockey right like he just you know he's out there he gives it his all I, I, what did he play that one game in the um How many minutes
1: 63 or 64 minutes or something. And he looked like he could have
0: kept going for another 60 or so. Like his, his stamina is, uh, was unbelievable. And, and, uh, and he plays hard right? Like he, you those know, are he, tough minutes too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are, he's not, you know, he's not giving anything away when he's out there for four to six minutes, minutes a game. night
1: on the penalty kill. That's, yeah. you know, against other, that's against the Sidney Crosby's and the Nathan McKinnon's. And
0: now I, you know, a lot of Oilers fans have been yelling, you know, to get nurse on the power play, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I mean, how much more could you actually put this guy, How you know, down He'd be fine
1: there. You just can't afford the ice time for him. I mean, like, exactly. then you're just completely wasting Barry. Cause that's all he's good for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, let's um, let's talk about some of the acquisitions the Oilers have made. Obviously, you know, Hyman is a big one. Seven years. Uh, if, I, I guess let's let's stick on that one first. Is first. Seven years for Hyman too long. Was it too much for him or is it worth it? Or is it maybe maybe the only correct answer here is that's the only way he signed with Edmonton.
1: And that's the answer. And it is. And that's, that's what it all comes down to. Is it too many? Yeah, probably. I mean, he, he plays a tough game. Uh, we're seeing it already that he's, you know, banged up. He was banged up in a little bit in Toronto too. So if he's just that type of player that plays 65 to 75 games a year, then it is what it is. Um, if his play diminishes because of that over that five to six year span, well then maybe his years is six and seven. Um aren't as favorable anymore. Um, but I think right now, well, you know, I think of two things there. One, um, Ken Holland straight up said that I have to use term as, as a currency. He, he, he doesn't have cap space and he, that's, that's all he could use. He, He could just give guys more years. Um, almost knowing full well that, you know, if, if, he's not here if he's not here in six years, which, I mean, I don't know how long Ken Holland wants to do this for. You know, he's probably putting somebody in a tough spot in that six years span. I I think he, as a result, and you know, know, it's a trickle down, right? Pete Shirelli put him in and handcuffed him and put him in a tough spot as far as our cap situation. And because of that cap situation, Ken Holland had his hands tied and because he had hands tied, he, um, I'm not sure he used the cap space he, Did very auspiciously but um you know when his hands were tied he still you know went out and did what he needed to do um so yeah i think it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see how it all folds out now
0: yeah i mean you know what look fans got to realize one thing right like you can't say you want it now and then not make some sacrifices for later, right? Like it's, you know, that's what what that term is all about, right? If you, you know, that term is Ken Holland saying we're going for it. Maybe not this year, maybe it's next year. Uh, But a lot of fans are screaming it's got to be this year or next right and, i think um, he's building yeah. for
1: next year yeah i yeah. just think the cards he was dealt with the goaltending you know he he wanted markstrom he wanted grubauer it didn't work out for him claire signs he was looking for goaltending you know he, he didn't overextend which was great you know he just went and got smith back again and he's got to ride out koskinen because nobody wanted that contract so you know these are the goaltenders he has um, we step away from a little bit more of cap space with Lucic and Sekra and, you know, we can hopefully be in a bit of a better position again next year. Right. And, and if we can do something with the goaltending and, and a little bit of help on the defense and maybe a, a help at, at center, <clears throat> I think we can easily make a run. So, you know, yeah. it will be interesting to see what, um, happens at this trade deadline because you know, maybe that's where one of those. Yeah. Well, let's not, let's, come, we'll, but- we'll
0: get there. We'll get yeah. to that point. Uh, okay. So, we, you know, it, uh, before we even get through the transactions, I mean, we said the, you know, that's the, Hyman's kind of like the best thing that happened to the Oilers. Obviously, Nurse was already in the fold. So, you, you know, whether you, you know, the contract maybe re- in relation to Hyman's, you know, the better of the two things, but what uh, ask, in your ask, mind, let me ask, well, just hold, hold that on. question. Okay.
1: Go ahead. Nope. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's fight what's it the, out here. Yeah. Arm yeah. Russell. What's, what's okay, the worst
0: thing? What's the worst thing that uh, Ken Holland since July 7th?
1: Do you really need to ask me that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know the answer, but <laughs> I know what I, I mean. I know your a, answer. <laughs> you so, know my yeah.
1: answer. I think most people do if they listen to me. Um, yeah, signing Duncan Keith was, I think, the start of something bad. Um, you know, this was the first time that we had a, a now. Good you, chunk you, of caps. by the
0: way, you 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 hold by that, right? Like this is. I mean, you've seen Duncan Keith now play. Absolutely. And you're still, you're just holding by this.
1: Absolutely. I, yeah, I think yeah, okay, for sure, you know, it, 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 whether he's played well, decent, average, whatever, I don't think anybody thinks he's played spectacular. I don't think anybody thinks he's played terrible. So if he's in that range somewhere, he still doesn't live up to his four and a half million dollar, five and a half million dollars that he makes or whatever the hell it is. So. Not to mention, we had to give up Jones. Not, not to mention, there was just better use of that money. You know, we 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 knew as a franchise, we knew as fans, he knew as a GM that we needed to do something goaltending wise. Now, great, he didn't go and overextend for a you know somebody that that was you know not better than Smith or Koskinen and have to spend too much for it. Right, like you get a goalie out of Columbus or something, and that doesn't work out, but. <clears throat> The the Duncan Key thing stumped me because that was his sign right there that it's win now. That was, you know, and whether Dave Tippett or Connor McDavid or, you know, his time with him at, at college convinced him that he was going to be the greatest Oiler of all time. Somebody put that in Holland's head between the three of them. And for whatever reason, he thought it was worth that full salary to do so. And so, no, he's not living up to that salary. He's still... He, he's, he's okay behind the hash marks. I, I think he's okay in front of the net, um, but he, he's not great at breaking up cycles. He's not great at closing gaps. He still makes bad decisions when it comes to edge work and, and guys that can use speed to get around them. And, it, and it's scary because of the fact that we also have Barry that does that and we also have Russell that does that. <laughs> we also, so it's, it was more of the same. And and what scares me in this win now scenario is, you know, alluding to what we said earlier in Holland, you know, kind of, you know, screwing the GM of six years from now, he's got to win next year or the year after because it starts to deteriorate again. He kind of only gave himself a two to three year window. So.
0: Well, Duncan Keith's off the, off the books right after next year.
1: After next year. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Unless he retires, which, you know, maybe that's the whole. Maybe that was the whole thing. Get to Canada, retire after this year, Kenny, and don't tell anybody about it, and I'll go coach my kid and then that salary goes back onto Chicago and, and we don't have it on our book, and
0: I don't know yeah maybe that there, I mean, there's a, a lot of whispers while, in but, the wind, right that um, yeah. you know, and you talked about it that it was McDavid fighting for Duncan Keith, right? Yeah. after obviously they were talking about the series that they played them you know, how hard it was against, how, how hard it was to play against Duncan Keith. He's clearly right. He's got the pedigree there. There's no doubt there, but yeah, yeah, you're right. A hundred percent, you know, at 5 million, you're talking about leaving the, uh, potentially the next GM with a couple of years of, of Zach Hyman at, at however many million, right? I mean, that's the same thing we're getting. We're getting that extra couple of years of Duncan Keith at the 5 million that, uh, yeah. You know they were expecting um, would be a drop off. The opportunity
1: right? cost, though, like you could have just spent that money in so many better ways, and so yeah, for me, it's it's the my my bad is Duncan Keith. It, I think he's not living up to his money. He's not living up to the salary. In fact, he did some questionable things at the beginning of the year that kind of didn't really leave a lead up to his leadership intangibles either. So i don't know I, I just think that far and away there's a few else on, others on my list but far and away that's been the worst one for me
0: yeah okay i it's- i don't disagree i'm not maybe as down on duncan keith as you are uh and maybe you aren't that down on him but i but i agree the deal itself was bad i think getting duncan keith is not so bad and i you know what i could i like i like yeah uh, Caleb Jones had him on the podcast had his mom on the podcast yeah uh, all good right great people whatever right um but i you know what i could care less about where Caleb Jones ends up playing hockey right like in terms of the oilers um i you know i i even uh, this year he's been injured obviously but you know he hasn't proven himself to be a full timer on on chicago either right and that team you know it's like Right now, anybody could be a full-timer there, right? Like, they're just not performing, right? So so I don't know what that says about him, but he just hasn't proven it. Uh, Here's the list of uh, in um, Ken Holland's uh, reign as GM. Here's the list of acquisitions by way of trade. Uh, James Neal, conditional sixth-round pick for John Marino. Angus Redman. Tyler Ennis. Mike Green, Athanasius, CU, Ryan Cuffner, Tim Soderlin, Duncan Keith, future considerations, nothing, uh, and Warren Fogle. Jeez. So you know that sounds even worse than I thought. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. I, you know what? I actually, I like Ken Holland, but if you are, uh, <laughs> if you're if, if you're if you're defending him based on his his ability to make a solid trade uh, for this yeah. team, uh, you know, I mean, you might be um you might be in trouble. I mean that's a hard argument to make. I mean, who if you go through that uh, that list of acquisitions on oh, Neil's gone, uh, Redmond, I will never see him. That's a nothing trade. Uh, Tyler Ennis, right? We know where that turned out, Mike Green. Right, we know how that turned out. Athanasio, we know how that turned out. Ryan Cuthbert's nobody. Tim Sutherland's nobody. Uh, in terms of, I, I shouldn't say nobody, but in terms of making the NHL, uh, we've got Warren Fogle and Duncan Keith. They're the two names that are currently on a team that have made this year. That's those are trades, right? I mean, he's made some signings. He's done some other things, obviously Hyman. Uh, but it, it, you know, we got rid of uh, Lucic, who. You know, I don't know. But look, I'm. I didn't like Lucic any more than anybody. Right, the guy was doomed to fail, kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, Larson might have been doomed to fail in Edmonton because of the who he was traded for, right? But Lucic was doomed to fail because of his contract, right? Like in in terms of in the um, fans' eyes, uh, that really didn't work out for us. It's worked out just fine for the Flames. I hate to say it. Yeah. Uh, whether you know whether he's you know a boat anchor or not on a line like McDavid's, uh, he's certainly providing some leadership to the Flames as well as getting some points on the. I can't, you know, if I was a goalie, I would just put my stick down in front of my five hole, uh, and wait for him to shoot it, uh, because that seems to be the only place he's scoring, uh, this year. But anyway, uh, I don't want to talk about Lucic because I'm done down that road, but anyway, if you're going to talk about um Ken Holland and his uh tri-criteria. He hasn't done a great job for the others. James S. is listening in on YouTube. Thanks, uh, James. He says, if bringing in a three-time cup winner, one-time Con Smythe winner is the worst thing he did, we have an awesome GM. I don't disagree we have a good GM. I'm not going to say awesome because I think there are uh, you know, he's probably middle of the road. He's not the worst I've seen uh, for this franchise. Um, But, you know, um
1: I just hate that narrative. Yeah. Like what is sort of we we're supposed to sign Claude Lemieux too.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, well, what will you won a con Smythe and Stanley Cups and a gold medal. Look at all the like if you're not good, you're not good.
0: You who you have to would be you, good at hockey. Who, who would you like to see GM this team if you had your option? I you know who I I you know this is doesn't matter, but anyway, i uh, Jim Rutherford's the guy, Krimin. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I I don't know if McCrimmon is the guy that uh, I would pick, but Jim Rutherford, one hundred percent wheel deal. Like that's what this franchise needed. Anyway, you know what? Ken Holland's not uh, is not a hundred percent of the problem, but um, he's certainly uh, part of the team that makes up this team. So Duncan Keith, we agree. That's probably the worst thing. Uh, does James is James on to something though? I mean, if that's the worst thing, if that's the thing no. that we have the most to complain about, like, is that is that all right? Is that a... be
1: James? But no, I disagree. That's okay. And feel come at me, bro. I, I just feel like no, it's terrible. Like, what do you want a fourth line with Claude Lemieux, Mark Messier, and like and Joe Sakic? Yeah, well, like, Duncan what... Keith's
0: not. I mean, you're <laughs> There's a bit of a straw man there. I mean, uh, Duncan Keith is not that far over the hill, right? Like, he's he's played reasonably good in a, in a second-line defensive position and filled in uh, reasonably all right uh, when he needed to, right? I Like, I'm not – I wouldn't go that far. You think he's that bad?
1: I think, yeah. I think against top competition, he has not been that good at all. I think when we've played soft teams and he gets – Eighteen minutes, yeah, he's okay, and he's just okay. It, I, I, <laughs> I don't. Know. I, I think Duncan Keith, like he was exposed in that six-game losing streak, um, the games he played, and I think that's the type of defenseman that when you're down the stretch at the end of the year or you're in a playoff race, that he's, you, you can't march him out against who are the best second lines in the league. Well, you so let's. March him I mean, against those yeah. guys, like.
0: He, he so first beat. off, you, you do have, you've got nurse there playing 30 minutes, right? A night.
1: Sure. So night. he takes on yeah. the first, he line takes of, on, he takes right? on so a fair
0: bit. First down got, a little we, bit more. He's
1: got Wheeler, Shifley and Ehlers. And, and you got take,
0: Cece, who's I think done shown better than we expected from him. Right, he's so been, that leaves Keith solid. and Cece
1: to take on the Pierre-Luc Dubois and like the other 30 goal scorers on his wings and they, they'll get, they'll get exposed and it's, they're not.
0: So, I mean, we're, you know, a lot of Adam people Wilson. are going to argue with you and I think, you know, okay. whether you agree or not, I mean, there is some, there are some intangibles to having a guy like Keith on your team. Right. Like what, he's what been has there. changed
1: on our team that Duncan Keith has promoted that change. Like what, what have you seen that has been like, wow, what a, what a glaring change that Duncan Keith. Has well, caused. I don't
0: know that we can 100% know for sure. Right. I guess. I can't, that's you know, true. I mean, we're, we're 30 we're games in that. and it's been, it's been a damn weird year. To say the least, right? Everybody got injured at the same time, and not all from COVID, surprisingly enough, right? Yeah, which I'm might not be saying worse. It's
1: all bad. I'm not saying everything yeah, yeah. he's done is bad. I'm just saying it's yeah. not worth the signing. He's not worth the money. He's not worth the intangibles. He's not worth giving up Caleb Jones. Like, wouldn't it have been a real neat idea for Ken Holland to use Caleb Jones as bait and get Seth Jones into Edmonton if he wanted to play with his brother?
0: Like, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> Seth Jones is a whole other ball of wax. Let me tell you, I I don't, I, you know, at at one point I would have been on board with the Seth Jones thing, but you know, I've listened to the analytics folks. uh, He hasn't had a great year. Yeah. And he, you know what, they've, this is a time when the analytics guys knew, right? Like they, you know, they were saying he's the wrong guy to lead your team to the promised land. And uh, he certainly hasn't shown to be, you know, hasn't done much for Chicago, uh, to get them, you know, in fact, every listen to any, you know, NHL year in review so far, yeah. NHL year in review. And, uh, you know, probably the big surprise for a lot of folks is they thought Chicago would be way better than sucking the, you know, up the back, back of the league only team they're better than is, uh is Arizona, Arizona uh, yeah. is uh, listening in on Facebook. He says a good GM wins a cup an awesome GM wins multiple. Can't disagree with that. Yep. Uh, Keith got hurt November 23rd. So he was out for most of the losing streak. That is true. Yep. And I, uh, I he also says you can't have nurse and Seth Jones, both on this team. And I know who I'd rather have 100%, but I don't, yep. I don't I think Seth uh, Jones was in play. I mean, you know what? Anytime somebody's in play, uh, Oilers media or somebody, and the oiler. Like you could say any team is if if Seth Jones is on the market, you know you'd be stupid as a GM not to call up and say, "Well, do I got anything for you?" Right? Like I mean, I mean so and that and that call alone is to say, "Well, I know you know that's enough for Friedman to get on." You know, thirty one thoughts, or is it is it thirty two thoughts now? I don't know if it is yet. But anyway, it's 32 thoughts 32, and say yeah. and say the oilers, you know, the oilers are inquiring about Seth Jones. So I don't but I, all I, fair. But points. I,
1: I know we can't have another nine and a half million dollar defenseman. I know that we couldn't have it, I get all that. I, I meant it facetiously like pie in the sky, like it, yeah. if, if that's what Chicago and the entire world knew the thoughts that that's what they were going to do, why did Kellen Holland have to give them everything? You know, you pay the full salary and give him Caleb Jones. Like, that's both of the things Chicago wanted. Like, we just, I just feel like we had all the, all the leverage and, and gave it all away in spades. And, and that's well, his, his
0: trade history with Edmonton is shit. Right. Like, let's be, you know, let's be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, you know, he, other Wasn't than, great at the end of
1: his Detroit run, either, man.
0: No, you could go you could go through his whole trade history and he hasn't done it's he's not a trade he's not okay, so you know I said I'd like to see Jim Rutherford. Jim Rutherford's a guy that wheels and deals, right? He makes trades, right? Mm-hmm. You are gonna agree with about to. you're gonna agree with about seventy percent mm-hmm. of them, right? Good. But but that seventy percent is what's gonna get you at least to the second round. Right. Yeah. Ken Holland manages a team, right? He makes signings. He, you know, he puts a team around, puts a team together. He uses picks, he develops it. Right. But I mean, if you go back through his trade history, I mean, (laughs) you got to go back a long ways before he even made a big trade. Right. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. The last big trade that uh, Ken Holland made was a uh, salary piece uh, which actually ended up in the Coyotes acquiring first round pick that ended up being Jacob Chikrin and it was Pavel Datsik to the Coyotes Mm -hmm. right for Joe Vitale and uh, first round pick who ended up being Dennis Cholowski who hasn't really played and a second round pick. So that gives you that's the biggest trade since, and that was done on in uh, June of 2016. Right. You, you got to go a long ways back. He traded for Eric Cole in 2015. Right. Like he's not, a, he's not, you know, he's done a lot of trades where he gets, you know, he gets picked, but he, you know, he traded away to tar. Right. You know, he, he, uh, like he's just, he just doesn't make, you know, a ton of picks or a ton of trades. Right. Yeah. And if he does, you know, they're drafts. He develops a team. And that's yep. what he's doing with the Oilers, right? He's yep. he's he's changed this around. Trying I mean, to. maybe you know, Probably if you didn't have if you didn't have McDavid and you didn't have Drysital, mm-hmm. he's the kind of GM you actually might want in your organization long term, right? Mm-hmm. For a little bit, right? Like to to develop something like the Detroit Red Wings had, right? Mm-hmm. Develop and develop, develop, develop. The problem is, no fans are going to wait for that kind of development when you've got dry side on mcdavid and let's add Nurse into that mix right Mm -hmm. and uh you know we're in their peak years right um you know we should be and and we're not far away but we should be uh top of the top of the conference right yeah yeah Yeah. every year after year year after year after year how much of this though i like i'm particularly critical of uh dave Tippett. let's look at the Season in review, It's um, well, you know what, before we do that, because we've talked about that, we both agree, Duncan Keith, worst thing. What were you going to ask me? You wanted to ask me something before. Do you remember? Or is it maybe oh, moot geez, point
1: now? Are you, are you kidding me? I, yeah, no, I
0: right. don't remember. But um, what I would like to do also is give
1: Holland a little bit of credit for saving JP because yeah
0: yeah 100 you know, percent. a development thing right this is exactly what he does that doesn't
1: happen if kevin ken holland doesn't come to the oilers or if dave tippett or whoever helped them out but they deserve credit for that full full and now all of a sudden he's our third best forward so
0: and that's and that goes right into what i'm talking about right if you're talking about a development type of gm ken holland's your guy right
1: yeah,
0: yeah. like you look at this team it certainly
1: says all the right things
0: yeah, he does. And he's smart. He's shrewd. Like he's a smart guy. I just don't, you, you're not, you, you know, I bring up Jim Rutherford because he's the first guy that comes to mind as a wheeler and dealer in this league. In fact, if I looked up Jim Rutherford, have, have I, uh, yeah, yeah. the
1: last five years of your
0: life. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> well, <it's- laughs>
1: the guy traded Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan and you you come up with Jim Rutherford as the biggest spoiler. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you must have you must have hit your head a few times over Christmas and forgotten oh, all about man. the last five years of the Oilers.
0: Right, uh, you know you're 100 uh, percent right. Yeah, no, Trelli <laughs> Trelli is a yeah. I'm trying to black that out. It just yeah, keeps it clearly. just keeps coming back. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> push it back down deep inside. <laughs> Deep, deep down inside he he
0: makes things happen though right uh what about Larson? How big was the loss of Larson to his team going into this season
1: yeah that you know the if I was to get a redo I, I it's that or not signing barry and and that's you know they're they're related to each other very much because i think if we still had Larson and were able to retain him, then I don't think we make that knee-jerk reaction to sign Tyson Berry. Or if we didn't have to trade, you know, Ethan bear, then maybe we don't sign Berry, but we had too many right-handed defensemen. And then all of a sudden not enough right-handed defensemen. So,
0: so yeah, if I, I had to guess Tyson Berry was always going to be signed by those team.
1: Do you think so? Is that right? Yeah, I,
0: I do. I do. I, I mean, as much as I uh, disagree with it and, he, and and I was kind of all right with it, um maybe not at the at the price <laughs> but I was all right with him coming back to this team as a power play specialist but now after seeing his body at work this season yeah i mean I and and also look at you got you know if i you know I'm, i've been critical of Tippett a lot um no more critical than uh, than him sitting Bouchard for a full season and then you know, like seeing Bouchard play this season, understanding like he's got, you know, he's got, he's putting up good numbers. He's doing all the right things with the puck. He's been playing top line D for a good part of the season. And we're still not, we're still not putting him on the power play. And the only reason is, and this is why Lucic's contract sucked, right? Is because he's being played in the wrong spot, right? Because if you, if you sign a guy for, you know, 6 million a season, you got to play him in a six million dollar role. Well, if you sign a guy for four and a half million dollars a season, you got to you got to put him in a four and a half million dollar role, and that's not third line D. That's first line power play, right? Otherwise, you're an idiot, right? Or that's yeah, yeah, right? Like you're or an that's idiot the for GM signing. Listening guys. to Connor yeah.
1: McDavid again.
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, how much of that is him? But you had got to when he was 16
1: years old who would be his most ideal winger that he would want to play with when he yeah. came to the NHL. And he literally, quite literally said Milan Lucic. So, you know, he yeah. wanted to play with him. He that's wanted Duncan insane. Keith, yeah. He's the assistant GM. It's under his title. You didn't know?
0: Yeah, no, I know. I know. Well, they, they said the same thing about Gretzky, right? I mean, good players no, sure do dictate a little bit. I mean, you can't, you know, I mean, if Gretzky said something, you better believe somebody heard it right? Like you, um, you know, I, (laughs) I thought it was a little bit of clickbait, but, uh, the athletic, uh, lured me in with a headline that said NHL's top player unhappy. (laughs) I was like, oh no, damn Eastern media again. And it was about the was about the NHL not playing in the Olympics. So I was sure they were going to try and spin that to an Oilers thing, but yeah. So no, I I mean, yeah, if you um if you're a team and you've got a a guy like uh Connor McDavid, you you sure as hell you better listen to him a little bit. He's got to he's got to leave every day work happy otherwise yeah. you know, you get the Pronger thing again and that's not good for anybody.
1: I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, look at LeBron. Like, oh, Did, or look at Jack. Didn't the Buffalo Sabres Wikipedia page actually get changed to Jack Eichel as the GM for a while?
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah.
1: <laughs> so
0: you know, I'm sure, yeah, yeah well, we know how that one worked honest. out, right? Yeah.
1: You gotta
0: keep happy. Uh, on Facebook again. Uh, Ken didn't need to take the full Keith contract. That is something that is hard to stomach. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and he Stop but he agrees with, with you, me. he's treaded water as a second pairing D. Damn. Yeah. It's like yeah. you and are the same guy. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> like looking in the mirror. <laughs> like looking in the mirror. How's that for you Dersa if you're listening? Uh all right Best okay so we've got uh we've got the um we've talked about Keith we've talked about Hyman what happened to this team like what what led up to this sixth game losing streak and is it something to be concerned about like uh, you know on the apocalyptic Oilers fan scale where you know, throw them all away. I'm tossing my jersey on the ice to, you know, the, uh, you know, I'm always happy Oilers fan scale that says, you know, uh, Perlini is the best goal scorer we've ever had in the world. We're going to the Stanley cup, uh, zero to 10, you know, 10 being Perlini zero being (laughs) Jersey on the ice. Uh, like, What's that six-game losing streak mean? We're we're not as good as nine and one start dictated, and we're not as
1: bad as the zero and six uh, losing streak showed. I think a lot of things fell into our favor in the last in the first ten games. Um, if you look at the first five or six opponents, they were all play teams that did not make the playoffs last year. Then all of a sudden we did run into a couple or two or three playoff teams and then every one of them started their backup goalies. There was three games in a row where we started against backups. Um, you know, the power play was clicking. Um, the third line was was holding its own. And then it all stopped, right? The goaltending, you know, Koskinen made a formidable – substitution for for that stretch and and then all of it fell off at the same time the goaltending got worse the third line disappeared the power play stopped clicking and our defense got exposed and we couldn't score the first goal in 13 out of 16 games and when all of that's happening all at once that that just leans to the other far side of the spectrum, right? So it's in the middle, it's in the middle we're We're not a wild card team, we're not a top two or three team. You know we're probably going to be right in that four or five slot or somewhere in there and i think you know the regular season will balance out to get us that there again then we'll probably have another two or three game losing streak we'll probably have another four or five game winning streak that's just how the season goes it's it's just weird how this season started on such a roller coaster like such highs and such lows
0: so related or unrelated uh is anaheim for real like is this team You know, I mean, we ask this question every year of some team and and some of them end up in, you know, in that spot at the end of the year, Uh, you know, and and some don't, some drop off. But Anaheim's kind of interesting because much like Chicago, everybody was expecting them to make a turnaround and make the playoffs. Everybody, if you had asked everybody who did the least and was going to pay the most, Anaheim came up. In fact, I'm, I'm probably on record somewhere on the podcast is saying Anaheim looks like shit this year. And they're not going to do anything. <laughs> uh, but they're sitting here, uh, you know, it, um, sitting second in the uh, Pacific right now, 40 points. Of course, they've got a few games in hand on uh, Edmonton. Uh, so we can still catch them if you go point for point. But they're 6 1 and 3 in their last 10. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I think they can hang in there, man. I, I'm, I don't know if they're as good as the Oilers. They shouldn't be. But Getzlav's still doing it. Um, Zegris has taken a step up. Um, you know, I think Milano's taken a step up. Troy Terry has taken a huge step up. Troy Terry might be the biggest surprise. <laughs> in the Troy NHL. Terry, yeah. Um, but what he? Well, he played Team USA. He played national. Yeah, tournament. yeah. He played in the World Juniors. Like, Why well, can you know? I just guy needs a chance, right? I think I love Raquel. Um, I think uh they've got one of the top three to four goalies in the league, and their defensemen are pretty decent, like Lindholm and Fowler and Manson and Shattenkirk, and like there's. I'd take their top four over our top four. I'd take their goalie over our
0: goalie. No, 100%. You know, goaltending is probably one of the biggest
1: deals for us,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got... I mean, I think the big thing is, right, nobody knew what they were getting from Zegers. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I had uh, prior to our first game against Anaheim, I had one of the Anaheim podcasts on the show. And they said, we're fighting for uh, right this year, right? Like, we're you know, we're hoping we get right in the draft at that time. They thought same thing that I did, which was Anaheim wasn't going anywhere. Uh, We talked about Zegris at that point in time when uh, the Oilers played um, Anaheim. I don't even think Zegris had a point yet, right? He had some flashes of brilliance. In fact, the game prior to them playing Edmonton, I watched that game just to kind of see what kind of team Anaheim was. And I looked at Zegris and I thought, holy shit, this kid can play, which we already knew. I mean, you know we all knew we saw him play with team USA he's it a talented have him player like yeah absolutely 100% in fact you know uh, look he's got look he's got the attitude to be an nhler yeah i think that's
1: yeah. the coolest thing.
0: and 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 anaheim always expected something out of milano but it looks like zeegris is getting the best out of milano right i mean that goal yeah. clearly you know at one exactly. of the goals of the year a nice goal of course recreated in the dub or was it the ohl yeah. anyway in the chl recreated yeah. yeah so you know i mean obviously it's just but somebody's got to get the creativity to do it first and it was egress and milano right
1: and he scored a goal uh, that's going to be uh, on highlight reels for a decade
0: yeah and, and you're rookie
1: uh, and did you hear what he did with uh, ryan o'reilly at the face-off
0: no the no i did not
1: Zegers uh, was he said he was t- telling the story when he was on Chicklets, but Zegers, um because Ryan O'Reilly's you know what top three in the NHL and faceoffs yeah. uh, year after year after year after year, and Zegers was I don't know like thirty some percent on the season so far. So before they dropped the puck, he said, uh, "Hey O'Reilly, hundred bucks on this draw."
0: <laughs> and O'Reilly didn't say a
1: word, but the puck dropped and uh, Zegers beat him clean. And nice. uh, not, not another word was said about it and um Ryan O'Reilly sent him a hundred bucks after the game so they had a nice. big laugh about it and uh and then he tried it again with Dreisaitl and against the Oilers and uh Dreisaitl told him to go fuck himself
0: <laughs> <laughs> in true, true Dreisaitl fa- fashion yeah. I, yeah. I I love that guy in German I'm sure but oh yeah yeah Anyway, you know, I mean, obviously, so Anaheim, we um, we didn't expect that. puts kind of a bit of a kink in in how we see this um, division. But when you put, you know, I think Anaheim's for real. Look, as long as Zegers yeah. is doing what he's doing, Anaheim's for real. laughed is a hell of a leader, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and a and still a hell of a player, right? In fact, that Anaheim team, broken up, has won more cups than <laughs> right, like yeah, yeah. I mean, that like that team was just you know it it had leaders on it right like love them or hate them cory perry was a leader right uh you know and i i hate the guy i would i love to see him in an oilers uniform 100 percent, right uh patty maroon right like <laughs> you know that guy okay. that guy has won so many cups it's <laughs> right
1: it's yeah. Handcuffed to him,
0: yeah, 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 exactly, right. I mean, he can he can cups like
1: Taylor Allum's draft lottery. Yeah,
0: he can dent a cup and nobody even cares, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know. So uh, the other surprise, of course, is uh, Calgary, who I think is dropped off. They've won, they've lost, of course, four in a row. Uh, I did kind of an interesting thing today. I went and did a search by um, overtime points. <laughs> Calgary's leading the. Leading the conference in uh, overtime losses, of course. Uh, you know, and, and who's uh, who's on the uh, top of no overtime losses? Of course, Edmonton. Who hasn't? Um, you know, wins games in regulation. That a consolation points a whole other story. We'll get into that. All right, we uh, you know, we've burned off almost an hour already.
1: Time flies when you're having fun, buddy. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know what it does. Uh, and we really haven't talked about. Uh, a whole lot. I I think, you know, here, I mean, we've, so we've talked about sort of the best, the worst, which I think most Oilers fans would agree with, with both of those things. I don't think there's a lot of argument there. Uh, We've talked about the six game losing streak. Let's talk about goaltending. I mean, this is, uh, look, there's, I would be surprised if there's an Oilers fan out there That was 100% happy with the Mike Smith signing and not some type of a trade. Is the lack of goaltending on it, if if you want to call it that, because some guys, some folks still agree or still think that Mike Smith is going to lead us down that path to a Stanley Cup. Not many, (laughs) not many people (laughs) believe that, but there are people out there. Is the lack of goaltending? Perhaps more of a black mark on Ken Holland's record with this team than the Duncan Keith, or maybe the signing, the trades, or, you know, like, is that, you know, if, if there's a legacy that he leaves and if we don't win the Stanley Cup, if we win the Stanley Cup, it's all a race. Let's just put it out there, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. And, and it would be, look, it's going to be a shame. And the legacy in itself will be not winning a Stanley Cup because, you can't ha- not have the best two players in the league and not win a Stanley Cup. You just can't. You're like, that is like the definition of not being successful. Right. Um, but would that legacy include not being able to get it done in the goaltending department? And does he have options going into the second half of the year?
1: Oof. Two really good questions. The second one's probably harder than the first one. Um, what's a bigger, yeah. March 21st, by the way,
0: is the trade deadline.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, goaltending wins you cops. Goaltending is a unique, you know, there's only two goalies on your team. There's seven defensemen. And (sighs) having filled that with Markstrom, yeah, we we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. So, um, yeah, that probably is his biggest failure and then also his potential biggest um obstacle um or a thing that he'll have to answer to if we don't end up winning a cup uh the second part of your question ooh, is there an answer man it sure be nice if it's skinner um stewart skinner at a it's not though
0: you can't like you can't no,
1: it's not no
0: you you're right that would be nice well, but it's not
1: okay there's two schools of thought there so okay let me let me answer your question first with the first school of thought okay so we got to go out and get a goalie okay great i think everybody's in consensus and that's fine the second school of thought will be skinner if i lose my train of thought so first train of thought who who are we okay so we got to trade for somebody that's got some term. Um. I don't know who that is. You can throw some names at me if you think there's somebody that's realistic.
0: Well, right? obviously the one everybody talks about is Flurry, right?
1: Sure. Okay. So yeah. we look at the bottom feeding teams. Okay. So if it's Flurry,
0: yeah, you gotta I'm look a- at those guys. Yeah.
1: I- I'm okay with that. If it's Arizona, I don't know who we get out of there. Um, you know, what are gonna some be selling teams? Uh, I don't know if you know, is Dubnik gonna help us? I I don't think so. If it's going to be in free agency after Koskinen's salary is erased, then you know you're still looking at Flurry. He's a free agent at the end of the year. There's Darcy Kemper, uh, Thomas Grease, um, or Grice, however you pronounce that. There's Halleck, Corpasalo, yep. uh, who we probably could have traded for, but I don't think he's any better than Koskinen. Um, You know, Corey Schneider's passed it. Pavel Francouz isn't the guy. Hope he's not the guy. Jones isn't the guy. Jack Campbell, well, Toronto's going to do everything to get him back. And now we're into some terrible goalies after that. Riddich DeCasey Casey. So Anton Forsberg, I don't
0: know. Look, the answer so has to be Skinner. It's maybe you're 100%, be, right?
1: It, right. Yeah. So it's either got to be Skinner. And so now you go to my second school of thought. Look at the goaltending that won. Stanley Cups.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't want to because it makes me upset.
1: 30 years, you yeah. can go back and look at the goaltenders that raised a Stanley Cup. 30 years, go back and look. Two. Two in that time period were either traded for or weren't a homegrown goalie. Of all the Crawfords, of all the... Mark Andre Fleury's of all the Matt Murray's of all the Jonathan Quicks of all the guys that have won cups, you got to go back to I think it's potentially Niemi and Patrick Waugh.
0: So, you know why that is because good goalies get you there right from the start of the season. From the season, they get you there and then they get you the whole way, right?
1: And you can't spend nine to 10 million in free agency on a goalie and then expect to still win a Stanley Cup. So that's what scares me. So my second school of thought is Skinner. Well, I no, I don't think he's the guy, but Cheapers, I hope he is. And I, I there's a guy.
0: It just doesn't mean this answer. year. There's a guy that's that's potential, and a guy that uh, you know. If you talk to like, there's a lot of goalies are watching him. It's uh, it's out of Arizona. This Malka guy. Okay. Yeah, like he's you know he's obviously he's playing on worst team in the league. Right, you know, there's not much, much of anything there. Uh, he's got, he's holding on to a 902 save percentage. Yeah, on the Coyotes, Coyotes, Coyotes. If you're from Alberta, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, you know, I man, I'd and he's an RFA s- next year. I'd love to see him get in. Like, if we're talking about sellers, like hopefully Detroit's a seller. He's got that relationship with Iserman. Eisenman trades up to get Sebastian Kossa. Um right after he grabbed himself Ned, Nedeljevic, right? So I wouldn't mind Nedeljevic, I would mind Kossa if he could try to scoop one of those two guys, I'm sure. Yeah, we had an option Kossa, but...
0: at Wallstat or Kossa. Right? Like we had, you know, we could have we could have went after either one. But obviously they believe or had some belief in Skinner and Skinner, you know what? Skinner's done all right. Yeah. You you could, you know, but look, he's not, um, I just don't think he's the answer. I, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong.
1: I hope you're wrong too. And I hope I'm wrong too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just don't think he is. I don't think he's the guy and it's too bad. But, uh, when you talk about that, um, you know, the, the term of, you know, however many, 30 years going back Stanley cup Uh, and the other, you know, the obviously the reason why you don't trade for those, those goalies aren't available to trade for those guys. Like they just, you know, they get available later on (laughs) when they're, you know, Mike Smith's age, right. When they're Fleury's age, right. Like as they're, you know, in the uh, back half of their careers, back third of their careers, uh where it's a little bit harder for them, and you need some really solid d or something else um and there's not a lot of Benningtons out there, right guys that you know come out of nowhere yeah. uh, to win you a cup. um it happens it happens Damn, but we, you know that's that's like um you know that's that's a strategy built on hope right yeah. uh and uh you know it's a um is a sad uh, piece for this team. So, you know, if you, if you had to pick something else beyond the Keith uh, piece that was a bad uh, news story for the Oilers, I think goaltending is one of them. Uh, nobody's surprised that um, Mike Smith went down with an injury early. I mean, were you? When you saw him, when you saw him that game go down, I mean, just, were, you, were you shocked? <laughs> I mean, nobody was, right? The same thing happened last year. Didn't it? He came yeah. back. He was strong. He came back. Yeah. But um, look, I, mean, I don't know.
1: I yeah. Smith was, yeah, it's I mean, yeah. between his age and his history, it, it had to come sooner or later. And I mean he basically repeated exactly what he did last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's the same thing, and and it's a sad uh sad state. And and if the oilers do make a trade at the deadline, which you know, to your point, you know, the, the guy that's available. Right, the guys that are available. The only guy that maybe has a shot at it is Flurry, uh, and he's kind of got to want to be in Edmonton. Right? I think he's got a no move, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Uh, uh, might be a limited no move. Me, I can't remember. Yeah, it's uh, modified no trade, so he's got to put. Um, you know, he's basically he's got to decide that Edmonton is the. I think he'd probably get a list, give a list, right of ten or whatever. Well, is the modified? A
1: cup, I would say Edmonton's on that list.
0: Yeah, yeah. If he's looking to win a cup, and he's all right going as a as a rental into the end it's of the season, really he's a UFA next looking year. Looking for goalies. So, yeah, you know, it's not yeah. like
1: Winnipeg needs a goalie.
0: I mean, Chicago could easily take Koskinen. You know, for the uh, salary, I, the, I guess mm-hmm. the biggest challenge is um, you know he's still a flurry, still seven million. You got to fit him in the cap uh, cap space well you'd have um, to give
1: up your first round pick to have him retain salary there's no yeah. way that that happens without us giving up our first
0: yeah yeah it, it, and you're 100 right on that and we know um,
1: then it's got to be Broberg or something like that so we got to be willing to give up there so
0: now how scared are you with uh when you look back at um ken holland's trade history like do you think he's the guy that can get it done
1: well, after you read me that list earlier, I, I don't feel all that confident. No, I don't know. No. It's uh, it's not ideal unless him and Iserman can just kind of work out some sort of little backdoor deal where they scratch each other's back. But, you know, yeah. I, I think that here, let's make an NHL trade and I'll help you and you help me. But I don't know, man. That seems pretty pie in the sky.
0: The biggest hope for this team you know, if you look at it and, and of course, you know, it I means sky's the limit, right? I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl could put the team on their back. They could do it. You know, if two guys could do it, those are the two guys that would do it. And if nurse nurse stays healthy and he's, and he's had a history of staying healthy his his injury was, you know, a, kind of an odd one. Right. And, um, you know, and, and if he'd had that injury in the playoffs, there's no doubt he'd be out playing every night. Right, like that's not a, that's not a type of injury that keeps you out of the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah. and he's tough as nails, that guy. Um, so those three, you know, I, I, I'd, you know, I'd have, I wouldn't hesitate to uh, bet on them. Right, like I mean, it's you know they, obviously they need more, but um, you know, yep. there's those are three guys that can win you a cup. Yeah, right. I agree. Like Absolutely. there's not there's no team in this league that wouldn't want those three guys in their system.
1: Uh, look what happens when Connor puts the team on his back He walks, walks on water. You know what I mean? Um, just to, just to clarify something uh, Mark Andre Fleury would have to submit a 10 team, no trade list. Yeah. So he would have to put Edmonton on that list and say, I don't want to go there. Otherwise there's 22 teams that he can be traded to. Um, and the other thing was, uh, once Detroit traded up to take Casa, the Oilers were only left with either being able to take Wallstad or, or or Borgo. There was no other goalie option available at Wallstad for them. It was just, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, the Oilers had an option. They could have traded up, found a way to trade up. They could have went after Casa. They could have done, they they didn't, it was clear they didn't want to or care to. Right. And 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 when they,
1: the Detroit did. Yeah. And when they He's didn't take higher picks in the second, yeah,
0: up, yeah, so. fair enough. And when they didn't take Wallstead, though, it was clear, clear right? I mean, there's a lot of folks that thought Wallstead was the goalie that was going to go higher than Casa. Oh, in uh, fact, t- I, tons everybody did. I, I think that, um, I didn't see a list with Casa ahead of them.
1: Uh, I saw uh, a few, I think like Craig Button and Low Tide, um, a lot of uh, maybe more local media guys because they see him play for they the see Oil Kings. him play,
0: but, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's um, that it was still, you know, it was clear that the Oilers didn't. Was uh, this well, something
1: to- when Steve Eiserman and Ken Holland probably have the the deepest scouting roots in Sweden amongst any other GMs in the entire NHL, and both
0: of them passed on him? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right. That says something. Yeah. Uh All right. So we're just going fi- to we're going to uh put this on the um take this down we're going to talk about um what's we're going to look forward to for the rest of the season and then we're going to finish it up uh because of the uh postponement of the Battle of Alberta game which i think would have been an important game for Edmonton i'm a little bit yeah. sad to see it uh, postponed they always come out playing hard against uh, calgary and i think I, I do think uh, whether, you know, Calgary Flames would rail at this, but I think Calgary's scared of Mick David, which any team should be, but I think particularly these guys, right? Like they've seen him, you know, breeze by uh, Giordano for years and, and just do, you know, unbelievable things to that team. And we love it. Uh, the rivalry, you know, gets them going. Um of course it was a road trip, but um the start of a road trip, but it didn't matter, right? Like the oilers seem to play them really well and get up to play that game. I, it's too bad that it's not there. Yeah. They're starting tomorrow night, St. Louis. Going St. Louis, and then uh continuing on um to uh the eastern seaboard, my neck of the war- woods. They're uh uh going to be in New Jersey. Pardon me, then uh then on the island, uh New York, then the Rangers, and then finish that off in Toronto. Five game uh road trip uh before they come back home. Uh the the Islanders game, I mean that you know, it's an afternoon game, which you know, whatever you care about afternoon games, it seems uh Oilers fans always get up in arms. I, I honestly I, I don't think the Oilers give a shit if it's an afternoon game or not. I think it just happens to be that luck of the draw. They haven't done well on afternoon games. Yeah. What do you think this uh, road trip like is this, you know, how important is this road trip? Uh, you think they're going to come out and uh, do really well? I mean, the Islanders, they haven't had a great season so far. New Jersey has not been great. I think, and I think Wedgwood is just coming back. Um, I mean, New Jersey has not been great. St. Louis has been you know they've been coming on as of late, but they've been you know uh, for the most part they've been kind of a middling team this year. I'd say yeah. nothing uh, too fantastic uh is this good for them bad for them what's your what's your thoughts going into this road trip
1: I think each game gets increasingly more difficult for them as they go, um, you know they get a bit of a bit of a warm up or you know work off the turkey game against new jersey and um but then you know the islanders aren't an easy team to play against just uh you know hasn't been a great record for them but that's still a very trots coach team and that's why well, it's a, a
0: team cool. a lot of people had going to the finals this year
1: i picked them in our pre-game yeah. um or preseason show yeah. to, yeah, to no, go and win the cup So, you know, and I, maybe they're, I don't think they're past the point of return where they can't, to be honest. It's, it's just a, the type of team that can, you know, do that Bennington St. Louis type of grind in the second half to be able to get her done if they need to. And, you know, I don't think the Oilers fare well against those types of teams with Clutterbuck's and Martins and where they're getting chopped and hacked and, and hit nonstop. So on a back-to-back, I, I don't, I don't think that game's going to be easy. Um, just based on the Islanders' record, uh, then they step into the Rangers. Uh, Shastrikan's probably a top three to five goalie. The Rangers have been okay. Unreal. Uh, we already make every goalie look like Vesna candidate. coming of George Vesna. Yeah. So, yep. quite honestly, what, what are we going to make Shastrikan look like? And then Toronto's good, man. You know, like we're going to come up against one of the best teams in the East there. So. <sighs> Realistic Dash is going to say one and three.
0: One and three. Well, there's um, five games.
1: What On the road trip? Aren't they back in at I home think against the they're back. One, the
0: two. They play uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. St. Louis, New Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, Toronto. Oh, I Rangers,
1: forgot about the
0: Toronto. St. Louis yep. game. My bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not great <laughs> I'm for having them some either. Fun. I'm having some fun match-up. with you, but yeah, <laughs> It's not a good game for them. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I still, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> all right, two, two and three,
0: two and three. I'm not even gonna give. I'm not even gonna give my. <laughs> oh, okay, ah, no, no. I'll go. I'll go three and two on this. I'll go three and two. I, you know, the um, it, it, the key game in this will for me will be that final game of that road trip against Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, because yeah. that's a the team they need. You know they they need to get up for that's a team they need to play against that'll kind of show us what this team is made of i think this is a um, this is a, a playoff team no matter what they could come out of here one and four i think they're still going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. of course vancouver is uh killing it since the coaching change
1: Ah, that's just a uh
0: yeah it is yeah Boudreau uh, but uh I, i'm gonna go three and two I mean I'm going to say uh they win the first two win two of the first three and then they'll um they'll win either against the Rangers or Toronto. And that's you know what that's the Oilers fan in me
1: I'm taking the book ends. But St. but, St. Louis but the
0: China reality to me is is it's probably uh, like if I look at that and if if I was to um to do the uh, pro line on it I'd be two and three. <laughs> I'd be two and three. I think they'll beat the Islanders, and I think they'll beat New Jersey.
1: I'll take the bookends. I say they win okay. against the Blues, win against the Leafs, and they lose to all three New York teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know what all of those uh, good. I I mean they're hey look if they can get through that that with a winning record this five games that means a whole lot to them because they actually have the end of the end of January is a nice little uh, a lot of road games or a lot of home games. Uh, and they're uh, they have um, they're sprinkled with some road games, and then they've got Montreal. They finish off the month with Montreal and Ottawa. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know if they can go into January looking good, they could come yeah, out February. of January and move oh, nice. into February with where they're where they're doing. Probably they're going to be playing you know the Calgary game, the uh, Anaheim game that they missed. Yeah, without them going to the
1: Olympics, they
0: got a lot of space there to fill. Yeah, and in fact, the the fact that they're not going to the Olympics might play well for Edmonton. I think so too. Yeah, it might be all right for Edmonton, plus Connor's uh, not going to be there. Disappointing. Disappointing. Very disappointing. All right. We've been well over an hour. Uh, (laughs) We've got got all sorts of... uh, No, not all sorts. We've got some spam on YouTube. Not going to click that link, Amberlyn, as beautiful as you seem. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, heavy hockey. <laughs> heavy hockey. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, uh, as always, I'm going to give you the last word tonight. Uh, but first, I uh, just want to um, remind everybody uh, tonight, as uh, most nights, uh, brought to you with the help of Bet 99. You go to bet99.com, uh, use uh, heavy hockey, all one word in the registration code, and you can get up to a $600 matching bonus. So that's better than you'll get on their site or go to heavyhockey.com And there's a banner, a couple of banners for bet 99 on there. I'm working really hard to get GSP on the, uh, on the, uh, podcast. We'll see what happens.
1: I heard you had him booked right after Matthew Barnaby.
0: Oh, he's booked right after you. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's on right after this. I'm kicking you off. There's no way I'm letting you talk to GSP. Just
1: make sure I'm on Ruin for the Barnaby for me. show. You won't be able to tell us two apart.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, speaking of heavy hockey, go to heavyhockey.com. Lots of great articles on there. I think even Dash, you're going to be getting an uh, article up there soon enough. Hopefully, I know you had one before. Got rejected by the editor. Yeah. It's, it's like
1: <laughs> yeah. five, five articles, five rejections. But I, you know what?
0: Hey, Just
1: rub some dirt on it. Pick yourself back up. Get Walt back Disney on horse,
0: must and... have written a hundred scripts before he made it. Yeah,
1: you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take,
0: Michael. Exactly. Heavy hockey's like you know it's a it's a starting ground for a lot of great podcasters. Competition stuff. Yeah, it it's is tough. tough. <laughs> Uh if you're on heavyhockey.com, you can also go up top. There's on the uh links, there's the YouTube link, or you can just go to YouTube.com slash heavy hockey and uh make sure you hit that subscribe button, uh, which is in the bottom right. Or uh and hit like, maybe give us a comment. Uh you know, thanks everybody for listening. Uh it's been an interesting year so far. My last word is um, I think that the um This is everything I expected from this team going into this season. Some highs and lows. Uh, I figured at some point, as much as I'd hoped as a fan, it wouldn't happen. I figured something akin to this six-game losing streak might happen. Um, You know, it was a little bit too easy to start. Uh, The one thing that worries me and troubles me the most, we didn't even talk about it, is the lack of production on the power play uh, recent in recent games. Um, yeah, watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, they, but the fact that, you know, they're not producing in recent games and they're still top in the league says something. Yeah. Um, but we'll see the other thing that worries me a lot is their starts. Uh, I'm hoping with Mike Smith returning to the lineup that that's, um, going to turn around if we never see Koskinen in net again. look. Like, I mean, he is a, he is probably the, um, the most disappointing 12 and 2 goaltender <laughs> ever, you awesome, know, man. when he was 12 and 2, and, I, and I'm still like not 100% confident in him. And I don't blame anything on Koskinen. And Look, this team is still in a wild card spot with games in hand. Uh, I bet it says something um, when you're 12 yeah. and
1: 2, and you would get uh, set down to the minors and clear waivers. Let's be honest. Yeah, you oh, know what I mean? 100%. That's, yeah,
0: you know, but, 100%. You know, yeah all right shitty goals for two years and yeah that's the way it happens thank you shirelli thank you <laughs> shirelli all right as always i give my guests the last word when you're done uh say goodbye stay on until i we get a chance to chat after um oh, man i got like we got some weird comments on the uh, <laughs> on the YouTube tonight. I tell you, everybody's listening. Everybody's out tonight. The whole crowd is out. Um, anyway, uh, have a great night, um, and thanks again for joining. And last words, yours.
1: If you took time to send in comments or you took time to listen, thank you. Uh, keep them coming. We we do really appreciate it. Uh you know last show of the year so let's uh start with the most important thing happy holidays everybody um you know merry christmas belatedly and and happy new year coming up uh be safe out there be smart out there um you know Oilers nation be calm we're okay um like Michael said we're we're a playoff team so we're, we're going to get there whether it's up and down on the roller coaster or through the flatlands of Saskatchewan but we'll we'll get to the <clears throat> playoffs and and we'll just have to hold our breath once we get there to see how we do. Uh, as far as uh finishing off the year, I guess, you know what? You're either one of two people. You've either um, given way too many Christmas presents away and uh you're starting the year on the good side, um or you've uh tipped the scales and and you have not bought enough presents and you know you you need to even up the karma a little bit before the end of the year. So what we're gonna need you to do is is go to youtubecom slash hockey, even up your karma, and uh, do us a favor. And and for Christmas and New Year's, subscribe if you haven't already. Please, like you said, smash it, cross check it, give it a two hander, spirit elbow it, butt end it. I don't give a shit. Just hit that thing, and we'll love you for it. Take care, everybody. Good night. Oilers go. Oilers live.